Good evening, and welcome into the first iteration episode, the first take of whatever this experiment experience is going to be. Uh, welcome to the Spencer Galloway podcast. Does that ring a bell, or does that that, that sound good, or does... Do I need to come up with a corny name and like the fast break podcast with Spencer Galloway? I don't know. I don't know. Point blank. This is a guy who already has one podcast and he's just so hungry to talk more sports, more, more basketball that um, on a Friday night in cold, cold January, he is sitting in his bedroom creating a podcast like the insane lunatic that I am. If you somehow found this, um, you are a freak just like I am. And you absolutely are a nerd and you love the sport of basketball. This might be, I'm going to be a little all over the place on this intro because this is, like I said, this is the first episode of whatever this is. And I don't know what it is yet. A Celtics-only podcast? Maybe. Most likely not. You know, I'll, as much as I love my Celtics, I'll get bored. I feel like. I feel like I'll get bored. So I think this is going to be an NBA all across the globe podcast. That being said, the inspiration for this is last night's game, Celtics versus the Warriors in Boston. What a treat that game was, it feels weird to say that considering how messy and how ugly that game was. May talk some other things. There's a lot to get into. I don't know what kind of time limit I'm going to put on myself here. I feel like it's going to be, if I stick with this, if I stick with this, bear with me. I think we're going to shoot for 45 minutes to an hour, weekly, bi-weekly, well, not bi-weekly, but Maybe twice a week? No. Probably weekly. Or just on special occasions. I don't know yet. And that's the beauty of being a guy in his room with a microphone. It doesn't matter. I have nobody to report to on this, and that's kind of what I love about this. My Celtics bias, even if this is an all-spanning NBA show, will ultimately shine through every dime. Um, and if that's not okay with you, the door, the theoretical door is the back button on your web browser or your Spotify, wherever you may be listening. So what is this? This is a basketball show. My name is Spencer Galloway. I am a very passionate Boston Celtics fan. You can't see it because it is backwards but I am wearing Celtics cap. I am the number one Jason Tatum um, supporter, To we'll put it lightly, supporter. I'm wearing his Taco J Jordan branded uh, hoodie. I will, no matter how ugly those JT1s may be, and I've seen some special photos that suggest they're not as bad as the initial mock-up, that, don't get me wrong, looked horrible. And even Tatum himself admitted it was horrible. Just I'm just kind of putting you in my shoes. Back there, 
that's awkward if you're watching the video, um, is a Boston Celtics, like, limited edition, he's, uh, like, autograph thing. I don't have enough Celtics paraphernalia in here. I know that. The the vibe for this set is pretty moody, pretty pretty cute, honestly. I got a couple records. I got, damn, that's going to get hard to get used to. Um, I got 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye up there. If you listen to this and I keep doing this, you're going to know I'm a, if, if Jason Tatum isn't number one in my heart, the only man surpassing him is John Mayer. Um, and his record sitting up there on that shelf. Um, so we're going to play with the set. I have more Celtics paraphernalia. It's scattered throughout the apartment. This is just one room. Um, I got hats, jerseys, signs, whatever, posters. I got banners. We'll put them all up. We'll just, you know, maybe one day um, we'll just have a set with just, I mean, and then it'll just be an FU Boston sports set. Anyway. I'm not sure how much more intro I should do. Um, background on me. Um, no, 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 no background on me. That's it. That's all you need to know. This is a sports podcast. I just gave you my sports rundown. Uh, you can't see it. I got a KG book. I may be the only person in the world who has that KG book. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into it. Um, like I said, the Celtics Warriors game is the reason for the season, the passion the force driving this passion I have to sit in my room like a crazed maniac and record a podcast to post to a YouTube channel, which will be created tonight and will have zero subscribers. So if this ever gets listened to, congratulations. Uh, I did briefly mention that I have another podcast I do with my brother from another mother. It is called the Splash Podcast. It used to be a lot better than it is now. Mostly joking. Um, we did take a long break, though, and it's been kind of hard getting back into the swing of things, especially with travel um, and moving and all sorts of stuff. Working on it. Working on it. So this is, honestly, for me, I think of this as just kind of more so practice than anything. I need to get behind the mic. I used to be, I think, halfway decent. Um, we used to have a halfway decent, modest, extremely modest, but following and listening listenership rather i don't know how i'm gonna do the solo thing i've done it maybe once or twice in when my co-host is not available um i think i'm gonna take breaks usually in the past i would just try to stab 45 minutes to an hour um like just straight i don't think i can do that because we're probably three minutes in oh we are seven minutes in what a treat this is this could be longer than an hour, and that could be a problem. Alas, I think I'm going to take breaks this time. I got my water. I just drank my nighttime chocolate milk. I took my medicine. My throat is drier than the effing Sahara Desert, dude. I got, you know when you wake up, you know when you're like high on life, dude, high on life. The Celtics are crushing it. You're doing, you know, you're having a good week at work. You hang out with your buddies a couple times that week. You play 2K, you kick ass. You, this is just a, a week for me. This is, if that's like a great week for me, maybe I need to reevaluate some things. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Uh, 
And then you wake up at four in the morning, dude, and you're swallowing glass in your throat. And you don't even want to reach for water because you're terrified to, to swallow. You ever get that? Yeah, that's me. So I'm all drugged up. Um, I'm hoping that it's doing something. Probably the worst time in my life to pick up a microphone and do this solo show. I don't really care. I am way, way, way too invested and too adamant about this NBA season to not share it with people. I've been in love with basketball since I was um, not a small child. Um, growing up in San Antonio, followed the Spurs closer than anything when I was really young, but also my family started to instill the Northeast mass hole in me because, you know, my grandparents and even my dad is from the Northeast. They're from Massachusetts and growing up, I just couldn't avoid it. So I became a Patriots fan. And then once I really got into basketball, falling in love with Rajon Rondo, Paul Pierce and the big three in Boston was not hard to do at all. And I've never, ever, ever, ever flipped once. Um, and I never would. I'm too addicted to this. Being a Celtics fan is like, it much like you being a, um, I don't know. If, I don't know. I feel like if you're like a Thunder fan, it's not who you are. Like, it's just a thing you do. You just are a Thunder fan. And sometimes you go to games, maybe if you're, or maybe you sometimes sit down and watch a game. But when you're like a Celtics fan and maybe like even, I think something that's comparable is maybe the Knicks. I just went to New York. I'll talk about that a little bit. First time in New York. I uh, got to scratch off Madison Square Garden and also Barclays Center for the first time. Those two. Um, and maybe the Knicks is a comparable thing. That was pretty nuts as far as basketball viewing experience goes, being there. And being in that city, I could just feel like, oh, these guys are effing crazy just like we are. you know. And I knew about it with the Yankees and baseball. Mind you, in um, New York, I did try my hardest to wear the Boston Bee or something green all four days of my trip. Um, and I won't lie, I had a blast. I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't enjoy it just because of the rivalry. But um, And it was, it, it was fun. It was all fun and games uh, for the most part, except being the only Boston fan um, in my section uh, for the Nets game was not fun. Not fun. It was actually a pretty hostile environment and I, I actually at the moment I was a little peeved I was like man like you know I'm rooting for my team you root for yours but at the same time like credit to them I mean they're protecting the home court, home court and I really didn't expect that they were pretty intense though um, mind you it was a big matchup top two teams in the league at that point in time now KD's out and um, you know they're kind of beginning to I'm not going to say spiral but um, Kyrie just put up a crazy performance tonight, by the way. But, um, um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm rambling. Am I rambling or is this like connecting? Is this working for you? It's working for me. I think if nothing more, if I never get a, 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 a single viewer comment, like if I can just spit this constant stream of consciousness of thoughts into the universe, I think I might be a better man for it because these thoughts sit so deeply inside of me. And um, yeah, here we go. 
I don't have that many people to talk talk sports with. I mean, not not the way I want to. You know, growing up, I was surrounded by a bunch of people who, like, you know, they thought they knew ball, but they didn't. Um, I got some friends who I talk sports with occasionally, but you get older and people just don't aren't invested as as aren't as invested in in it. God, I'm done. It is twelve ten a.m. As I'm recording this, we're going to see where we end up. 12 minutes in, I think it's time to start talking some real, some real meat and potatoes. Last night, what a disgusting, um, infuriating, I'm throwing things, I'm screaming like a, a small child, I'm stomping, neighbors ate me. The game was so infuriating for both sides. I can imagine if you're a Warriors fan, you probably were not thrilled with how a lot with how that game. Well, you're not thrilled with how the game ended, obviously. But um, I feel like the Warriors were in control for most of that game, and they really were. I mean, going into the fourth, you kind of thought this is their game to lose at this point. I mean, all the momentum was riding with them. Even being in Boston, I mean. The shot at halftime by Curry just was demoralizing. And I thought that was when they won the game. When uh, Curry poked it away from Tatum. Tatum careless at that point. Tatum, we're going to get to this. Tatum was careless at several points. And mm, man, that is so frustrating because he's not like that usually. Um, And I mean, don't get me wrong. Golden State plays him differently. Other teams should take notes. They play him differently than any other team I see play him. Um, but he, Steph with the smack uh, of the ball gets it. Half-court shot. Bang. Of course. What a Steph moment. Right? Truly Steffortless, which is cringy, by the way. Warriors fans on Twitter. Cringy. Steffortless? Stop. Get a new shtick. And that was when I thought we lost. We lost. We lost. We lost. I went and like I couldn't watch the halftime show. I was like, they're going to show that damn replay 60 times. I don't want to see it. Um, but, man, came out strong in the third quarter. So did the Warriors. I mean, when I say we came out strong, we just kind of kept ourselves afloat. Because going into the fourth, I still didn't feel great about how we had performed up until that point. However... In the fourth, it was a total grudge match. Poor shooting defined this game. Steph was 9 for 25. JT was 9 for 27. They both shot horrendously from three. Brown shot horribly. He had the big shot at the end, but let's not act like up until that point. I thought Jalen Brown was taking a effing nap the whole time. The dude was like aloof. When I, I went to see Jalen, I, I saw the Celtics in San Antonio, and in Brooklyn. Now, Jalen didn't play in Brooklyn, but in the game in San Antonio, and I was with um, my Splash co-host, Ryan, um, what a effing disaster he was at certain points in that game. He ended up with, you know, like him and Jason combined for like 75 points or whatever it was, something bizarre. That's what they do. But recently, Jalen has been pissing me off, man. He will sometimes just act like he's just a guy who just shows up and scores. And that's something he does elite level. I think Jalen can sleepwalk to 30 points in a game. 
that is something that not as not that many guys can do. And he is so special in that way, in that regard. I respect the hell out of Jalen. I love Jalen. I wouldn't, in all the years of, oh my God, we should trade Jalen Brown. You know, this isn't a good fit. I was never on that side of things. But we got to keep our stars accountable. And Jalen Brown, uh, seeing him in person at that San Antonio game, just either an errant pass on his part or not keep, or just looking away when the pass is coming to him. Um, and he's not the only one that does this, but I'm just saying last night, there were moments where I just wanted to grab Jalen two hands on the throat and just say, wake, you know, wake up, dude. Um, and to be fair, first game back after the injury, he took about a week off. Um, something I want to note real quick. If we were playing Charlotte or even Miami or Toronto or Philly even, he doesn't play last night. I think the only team in the league he was playing against last night, maybe Milwaukee. Maybe. But really, Golden State at home after the poor performance. Um, he played well in the first game we played this year. Um, against Golden State in Golden State. But I love that he manned up and just said, there's no way I'm sitting tonight. Um, he did look good for the most part, like as far as like mobility-wise. He didn't look too um, stifled or slowed by the injury. So I think he's good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits tomorrow against Houston, although it was already announced that Tatum is sitting, so... Not sure if we're going to sit both of them, although if why not? Because I don't know uh, for anybody who noticed the Warriors after that last night, they decided that game was so grueling that in Cleveland tonight, like what was going to be a fun matchup, by the way? I mean, even though the Warriors are a losing team in the standings um, and especially on the road, man, but Steph in Cleveland against um, Darius Garland. Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs are a great, fun, young team. Um, playoff contender for sure. And they sat Wiggins, Curry, Thompson, and Green. Um, and then there was some, there was quite some outrage from fans that traveled to go see the game, and rightfully so. I mean, that is bizarre. You sit your four, your top four guys. Nobody is paying an arm and a leg to see Ty Jerome. Dog. That's a side note. Resting in the NBA is sometimes a little out of hand. Once again, I don't know if this is all making sense or if it's all lining up. Right now, it's a little unstructured. It's a stream of consciousness. Back to the Celtics Warriors game. Um, this was a game where it was ugly and a team was going to have to fight to the end. And the Celtics just had a little bit more dog in them, honestly. Um, when teams aren't shooting well, at least from three, especially from three. Two stars on each side struggled severely. Um, this is where I've loved the jump in Jason's game to get to the line. Get to the line. That's what we begged from him from the time he got into the league um, to now. And he's doing it now at such an elite rate. Um, last night, 12 free throw attempts, 12 makes. That is something that I was keeping an eye out on, especially. JT has been 
such a mess against the Warriors. And like I said, they play him hard, and he's always the focal point of their defensive game plan. Rightfully so. He's one of the top four guys in the NBA. He has ghosts, especially in Golden State. Man, he's missing free throws. He's a, he shoots almost 87% from the line. He doesn't miss free throws at a consistent clip. He goes to Golden State this year. He misses free throws. He's missing the point-blank layups. Will never make sense to me. How he can do that so poorly. Um, he performs so poorly at the rim against the Warriors. And to me, that is ghosts. That is mental. Um, didn't see that last night. Made all of his free throw attempts. He was not shying away from the shot. Last night, I truly think the shots were good. The shot selection was good. I don't think he ever started to force it, although he was very confident, which is something I love to see. I think truly last night might have just been a case of shots ain't falling. And when you're a shot maker, that's the case sometimes. Let's not pretend like Jason Tatum's idol is not Kobe Bryant, the epitome of a shot maker who sometimes doesn't hit all his shots, right? Um, that is something about Tatum, but Tatum that's why we wanted him to add the free throws, add the attack, get to the basket because you will get fouled. And he's been doing that. And that is what saved his performance last night, at least from a scoring perspective. He ends up with 34 points, you know, makes all his free throws. That's huge. Otherwise, Tatum was just, he was himself. Defensively, perfect. Um, orchestrating uh, the floor, making plays. He, there was a sequence last night, and if this is where if I had a professional editor, I'd put the video up on the screen, um, where he, and he does this all the time, it's just something that guys, and it's not, it's not exclusive to, to Tatum, I'm just saying. Um, he's in the post, and the ball is coming down. He is pointing where the next pass should go, and then already pointing where the next pass should go. The ball gets to him, and he throws it right back out to Al for a three. It was glorious. His ability to read a defense is for, I mean, the guy who's 24, the guy who's not hit his 25th birthday yet, um, not just as a one-on-one -on -one player, as an ISO scorer, but as a team, as a, as a guy who's, you know, leading the team. Um, he is the true definition of a point forward. He is not just a scoring guy. He is so much more than that. Uh, defensively on point. Um, can't say enough about that. The playmaking was there. The 19 rebounds, I mean, it felt like he had 40 because every time uh, that ball went in the air, he was hunting it. And that was important. Th these weren't stat pad rebounds. These weren't the 2017 Westbrook specials. These were, we need these rebounds because the Warriors were getting rebounds. on the. They were getting offensive rebounds, not like we were, that's the importance of Rob Williams. Rob Williams was there to eat and clean up. All those misses by Brown and Tatum, thank God for Rob Williams. He was a monster. Offensive rebounds, defensively. He is so important to this team. Um, I still think he's fourth on the hierarchy of impact, you know, because let's not forget we were still the number one team in the league prior to his return. Um, but man, what he can turn into, what he can grow into is being the most important um, 
piece outside of Brown and Tatum on this team. I would still say that's smart. His playmaking has leaped and again, and his decision-making has leaped again. I say that as I'm about to rip his ass for those last two um, turnovers, or one of them was a turnover, led to a wide-open Dante DiVincenzo three. If you didn't know that name, now you do. Because he hit that shot off of a careless, smart pass after an inbound. And then instantly, the very next play, throws it to the third row. And by the grace of God, Jalen Brown was in the zip code of that ball and jumps out and saves it. And saves it not just from going out of bounds, but throws it right to Tatum. Wow. That was perfect. Save Smart's ass. Um, save the Celtics' ass. Brown did come up in that moment. And then obviously the three to tie it to send it to overtime. That's like the second huge tough shot from the in that same side of the floor too. Um, I forget which game it was that Jalen hit a huge three off the inbound to uh, send a game to OT. It was, I, don't, I don't remember it. If I was a good podcaster, I would have, I would have written, would have written that down. Um, but man, what an, what a game! Ugly as hell. Went to overtime, and you could tell right as as soon as overtime tipped, we just had the energy, we had the fight. Um, Clay Thompson was maybe playing conservatively with the five fouls ultimately didn't matter fouled out you could argue whether the the last foul was a phantom foul or not i don't really care there was a plethora of shitty calls in that game uh including the one on al horford when it did we saw like six different camera angles and slowed it way down and we could still barely see al maybe clip um like was it wiggins i think it was wiggins on the three-pointer, or it's 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 losing me. But remember that late shot? Uh, Wiggins is going up, and then it was like they, they, they were quick to blow that whistle, man. And then they went to review it, and we're watching it on TV. And, man, we saw so many, how many angles and how slow did we need to make it to see that he, if anything, barely clipped him. And they, they, of course, they keep the call there. But on the um, the out of bounds off of Jalen's foot, which we still never get a clear angle of if, if, if it even hits his foot, what happened to clear and concisive uh, evidence in the replay to, to overturn it? And they kept saying that on the broadcast and that it wasn't clear or concise. And they overturned it. And then the Horford thing was not clear or concise. And they kept it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just watched the sport and it didn't matter because usually when you, you know, you whine and moan about foul calls, um, foul calls in out of bounds, stuff like that, that doesn't usually dictate a game. It can you know, usually, um, you know, it can have an impact, but if we lost that game, it wasn't because of the Jalen Brown thing. It wasn't because of the Al Horford phantom foul. It would have been because we shot horribly, turned the ball over a ton. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, this is where I'm going to take my first break. I've got a little bit more for this game, and then we're going to jump into uh, a few other things. So, closing thoughts on the Warriors Celtics. Then we're going to move on. We're going to talk. It's officially the last day to vote for the NBA All-Star Game, and the All-Star Game is it's whatever, but it'll kind of it'll be a fun way to get, get a good, good pulse on who's who's who in the NBA right now. But closing thoughts on the Celtics game. I'm telling you, I'm absolutely nuts. Um, overall, I think it's a huge sigh of relief for Boston. Sigh of relief for me. You know, um, we lose that game, the press, the narrative, it's all Tatum. And, you know, the, we can basically reverse course on Tatum's MVP case. We can reverse course on Boston as a finals team. Um, Golden State lives rent free in our heads, you know, which up until this point, honestly, I would have agreed with all of that. Um, but. I think it's a huge sigh of relief. I think the team is really going to, I think this is like a signature moment. I'm not saying it's, it's going to be in the documentary about this team when we win it all. Although it very well could be, but you have signature moments like this as a team. And I think a signature moment is beating the team that kicked your ass in the finals. And you looked terrible against in the first meeting this year and it helped that they were at home. Still not sure they win last night if that's a road game. Um, but I think the monkey is off their back, at least. You know, I think going into future matchups, I think it's going to be a little bit more like we can get past the finals. Like, in Tatum even admitted immediately after the game, the first game they played this year, they were a little skittish. They were a little timid because well, they wanted to prove something, and so they added that pressure onto themselves. How could you not? Um because it's the first time you're meeting since the finals in which you didn't perform well. But I think the monkey is off their back. That's eight straight for the for the Celtics, I believe. Um, Warriors continue to struggle to find some signs of life. Um, it, I don't know. It's just interesting to see um, the outcome from that game. And how it will ultimately shape up the rest of the season. Uh, ultimately, as much as we want to play up that rivalry, the Warriors are middling at best, and um, the Celtics are far and away this the, the league's best team uh, as of this moment. And I would project for the rest of the year, Lord willing, health and all things considered, continue to go our way. Man, I get riled up thinking about that that game last night again. Even though we won, it's just a doozy. Um, well, we get the Rockets tomorrow, so that's a lot less, a lot less thrilling, but a lot better for my heart rate as well. So, let's talk something fun. Let's talk the All Star Game. Something that my bias will shine through. The Celtics do have two All Star starters. I actually think that is the consensus. Um, Tatum finally became the third highest vote getter in the East, um, which is good because that front court is crowded. And I know it is tough to make a decision on a cut for me. And I'm not saying it's an easy cut by any means, but if we're talking that all-star front court and you have your, your four options 
include Tatum, uh, Giannis, Embiid, and um, Durant. Now, Durant may make this easy for everybody involved if he uh, misses enough time and, and maybe even misses the All-Star break. Um, I could easily see that happening. Um, you know, he's projected to miss about four to six weeks, and that would kind of put him right around that timeline. So he may make this easy for everybody, and then in which Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum would simply start. Um, however, assuming everybody's healthy, assuming everything is the way that it is, my cut, believe it or not, and I, I'm, I don't think I'm crazy for saying this, but I think it's Giannis. I think, I think it's Giannis. Embiid is leading the league in, in scoring. How can that? How can the league leader in points, the league leader in scoring, not start the All Star game? You could argue Embiid has missed too many games. I would say everybody's missed games. Everybody's missed games except for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum does not miss games. Iron Man. And another reason you should start the All Star game. Um, Embiid's got to start. Embiid's got to start. I think it also helps. I'm not saying you have to. It's not all NBA. All NBA, you have to have a center, right, when you go to vote. Um, all, all-star all game, it's whatever. It's two guards, two three front court players. So that could be three small forwards. That could be three power forwards, three centers. It doesn't matter. I do think it's nice to have some big man representation because you know Nikola Jokic is going to start on the, on the other side. Um, and it'd be nice to see Embiid uh, also get the nod. Um, those two could very well end up on the same team. Just depends on how they get drafted. I totally forgot what's not East versus West anymore. Um, you know, the two leading vote getters from each side, obviously draft their teams. Um, we'll see how that shapes up. Probably going to be KD and LeBron again. Um, it would be weird to see KD draft his, um, replacement if he isn't healthy enough to go, but we've seen crazier things. Um, Ultimately, I'm not trying to play up the All-Star game too much. It's just, it is a good benchmark um, point. It's a good benchmark, and it's a good tool to kind of get ready for All-NBA at the end of the year. Um, It's a loaded league, man. This was not, picking these teams was not this hard 10 years ago. It was simply not. There's too many options in both conferences at both uh, the backcourt and frontcourt spots, it's just fully loaded. Um, in the East, and I've actually been an avid all-star voter this year, which is a little corny to me, um, but it's so easy now. Like, they used to make it so difficult. You used to, But you just open the NBA app and you just vote. It's so easy now. Um, and it's just like a fun little thing to do. I it, it takes 30 seconds. I don't know. I'm like having to, as a man explain why I'm voting on the all-star game. I shouldn't, but whatever. At the end of the day, somebody can swoop in and get Andrew Wiggins in the starting lineup, just like that happened last year. Um, Also, shout out to Jeff Van Gundy last night on the stream. He said, how is Andrew Wiggins not like the leading vote getter or one of the leaders in the West? Because last year he was an all-star starter, and this year he's playing even better than he was. I don't think he understood that it was that member of like the BTS music group who was like, Andrew Wiggins is my boy, retweet this tweet. And it got like, you know, 10 million retweets. And then Wiggins was catapulted to the lead of the all-star vote. Um, so I don't, I don't know if Twitter votes are a thing anymore. 
um, because that was a little funny how we had Wiggins starting in the All-Star game. Not like he wasn't um, playing well, but he's not an All-Star starter by any stretch in this in this league. Anywho, the way I've been voting it is, um, well, the way I've been voting it is not how I would recommend voting it. Um, but it, it, I've been voting with my heart, okay? I've been voting with my heart. Actually, that's how I would recommend it. You vote with your heart, man. Don't vote analytically. It's the all-star game. Vote with your heart, man. Um, we only get so much say as fans anyway, um, which is probably a good thing because we don't. I say we. You people don't know what you're talking about. Well, if you listen to the show, you probably know what you're talking about. You're probably a nerd like I am. Um, but my go-to lineup has been in the East, Jalen Brown in the backcourt. This is where I'm voting with my heart right here. James Harden right next to him. That's voting with my heart. If I was to be very legitimate about it, I'd probably go Donovan Mitchell. Now, I don't feel bad about the Harden thing, though. He's playing great basketball, and to me, he, he's just under the game's threshold for league leaders. So Tyrese Halliburton still, who I love, is still leading the league in assists, but um, Harden does average more per game, and... Ultimately, I think he's going to get to the to enough games played to where he will end up being the assist king this season. Um, he's been fantastic as a playmaker, as a distributor of the ball. He's always had that in him, um, but now he's really hunting it out. He's seeking to get guys involved early and often. Um, last night, he had a 16-point triple-double with, I believe it was 15 or 16 assists to go with it. He is just a wizard, and if half of them are to Joel Embiid on pick and rolls. Great. Um, perfect. Get your big guy, get your superstar involved. It's clear that Embiid is the best guy on that team. Get him involved. Um, I don't think they're cherry picking assist. I think it's just, he's just a great, he's great uh, in the screen and roll. He's great. Um, just, uh, with the ball in his hands, he makes just tremendous decisions. He's always done that, but he now has somebody to carry the offensive load for him. And so he can kind of just play make and kind of get in where he fits in, which is, I think, ultimately the best role for him at this stage. You know, he has lost a step. Um, being He is my favorite non-Celtic in the NBA. Um, it's well documented. I am a James Harden stan. Um, but that's where I'm voting with my heart. You could really say it's Donovan Mitchell um, starting in the backcourt next to Jalen Brown. Um, I don't. I think Jalen Brown's pretty, pretty much immovable from that spot. I, there's nobody else I'm really thinking about for that. Um, I mean, Jalen's averaging just shy of 28 points a game. He's been he he's a good two-way player, not a great two-way player. Uh, I think we all wanted him to be a great two-way player. I think he has it in him. Um, I think sometimes it is an effort thing. I called him out earlier. In this episode, just by saying sometimes he looks like he's taking a nap while the play is going on. Um, but, you know, uh, shooting it with great efficiency. One of the best pure scores this sport has right now. And that and that's including the fact that the man can't dribble in a straight line. I don't know if anybody else is familiar with Jalen Brown. That man can't dribble in a straight line. And when he adds that to his game, I know he's in year seven. But when he adds a little handle to that game, man, 35 points a game, dog. Seriously. Cuts the turnovers down. Wow, he's going to be nuts. 
I say that about a guy who's in year seven, but seriously, I mean, the handle, we got to work on it. He's got to be the best player of all time to not have a handle of any matter. Um, no, the little in between the legs thing he does is not, I'm not counting that. That's I, I can do that. I can do that at Gold's Gym, not in the NBA, but you know what I'm saying. That's my backcourt, Harden and Brown. But obviously, Donovan Mitchell, the argument is there. I mean, the man scored 71. I'll give it to him. In the front court, obviously, yeah, Jason Tatum. He's the second uh, guy in the MVP ladder right now. How do you not? You can't have him be the second guy in the MVP odds and then not have him be an all-star starter. The dude is nuts. He just had 51 the other day. He had a tremendous game last night. Uh, and He shows up in these huge games, the game in L.A., the game last night. Um trying to think of other signature moments for the season. He's just he's just a walking bucket. Um the closest thing as a I don't want to it feels it feels bold to say the closest thing to Kobe since Kobe. Um but really, I mean he does really model his game after that with the footwork, with the shot making. That is who he is as a player, as an offensive player. And then to bring it on the defensive end. Um Tatum is great defensively. And I've been saying this for years, and he's, you know, he's never been better on that end right now. But since 2019, I've been fighting people. Watch games. Jason Tatum is special defensively. Um, you know, he is now, we could have an argument about him and Giannis' best two-way player in the, in the league. Um, I don't know, as of late, as of the past month or maybe even this season as the whole, give me Jason Tatum as best two-way guy. He is special defensively. Um, I'm not saying he takes on the other teams. I, I'm not saying he takes the Luka Doncic for a full 48 minutes, but he does not He does not run away from, from, those, uh, from those one-on-ones. Um, he's a great team defensive guy. You saw him last night jump out in the passing lane, get a huge steal, Swing the momentum of the game at that point in time. Huge fast break dunk just because he was reading the floor, re- anticipating the pass. He is special. Um, there was a point in time where we thought Jalen Brown was going to be the best defensive player on this team, or the better of those two at least. Um, and that has not panned out like we thought it would. Um, but I'm hoping Jalen rises to the occasion. In, in big spots, he does. Last night, he took on Curry for, I believe, I saw a stat, 40% of Curry's minutes on the floor. Curry didn't take a lot of shots against him. He only took two, but he missed both. The fact he wasn't shooting those shots on when Jalen was on him, I think, speaks volumes. Um, Putting size on Curry and not dropping below the screen every single time Al Horford um, seemed to work last night. So that was, there was some improvements in that regard. Um, I am never going to finish this list brown harden tatum Embiid. um case for Embiid, simple Embiid, you lead the league in points you start in the all-star game i don't need to say anything else the defense uh the philly is playing well um you're starting um so we have two Celtics and two uh 76ers that's not going to be the case um and then um durant 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 is the, the been incredible. You could have an argument 
I would argue, or I would have the argument rather, um, if you wanted to tell me Durant, um, Durant is also right there for best two way guy. Um, Durant's defense at in year sixteen, wow, he, he looks phenomenal on the defensive end, and then offensively, you know what he is, and he's he's the, the efficiency splits. The guy shoots fifty six percent from the field. He's not a big man. I mean, he's big, um, but he doesn't play back to the basket hook shots and chip shots. It's you know what it is. It's tough shots. It's mid range. It's three balls. He takes contested shots at the rim. Um, no shot Durant takes is open. Um, he is constantly covered, seeked out by the other team, and shoots 56% from the field. That is something nobody else can say at that position and the way he plays. Defensively, lights out. Um, you could have the argument that with him missing time, the Nets will miss him more defensively than offensively. Um, which sounds crazy because of how good, and we just highlighted how good he's been. Um, but defensively, he's that special and clearly the anchor of that Nets team. Um, and we're seeing it right now. You know, they, they could use help on that side of the ball. That is the East. Brown, Harden, Tatum, Durant, Embiid. Why am I keeping Giannis out? Do I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA? Usually. This year, give me Jokic. Give me Jokic as the best all-around guy. The guy, I mean, whether you want to be a nerd or not, advanced stats, love Jokic more than almost anybody. ESPN's real plus-minus, which is a fabulous stat because plus-minus as a general general um, stat, it's shoddy, dude. It's shoddy. Real plus-minus is a really nice stat that I like a lot. Um. Tatum leads the league in real plus minus. Um, and it's a glorious stat. I'm not going to nerd out right now and tell you all about it. Um, but Tatum and Jokic especially. Advanced stats love uh, those guys. Jokic, the eye test. If you don't like stats, watch watch games. Watch Nuggets. Phenomenal. I love watching Denver play. Um, since Jokic has come into his own year, you know, three or four years ago, I've loved whenever they're in town, I go. I love watching Jokic. I love watching the Nuggets. Um, they're getting healthy, man. They're getting healthy. Uh, Murray has been back this year. And when I say they're getting healthy, you know, they've had their guys back. Porter's been back. Murray's been back. But they're starting to actually play like themselves. And that's what's important, you know. Sometimes guys come back and like, oh, they're healthy now. Here they go. It's like, well, wait. Because Murray missed a crap load of time. It's going to take him more than a week to look like himself again, you know? And they're starting to get to that point where they look like themselves. And they're playing lights out, man. I say the Celtics are the best team in the league. By a long shot, I even I have doubts if it's a long shot. I think they're the best team in the league. But I mean, look at it. Denver's only two games back. Denver's only two games back, man. They are playing out of their minds dude and Jokic is the centerpiece of all of that if he sits it's a totally different team it's a totally different team the way that he impacts the game from I mean you can't game plan for him right and I'm just regurgitating everything everybody else has already said you can't game plan for him 
send the double. Send it. Send the double. Fine. He's going to find the open man before you find, before you know who's open. He's going, uh, or play him one-on-one. He's fabulous in the post. I mean, he does not get enough credit for his scoring chops. It doesn't matter who you stick on him in the post. If he's facing up, it doesn't matter. Um, he hit a dagger three-pointer off the inbound to win the game the other night. How many centers are doing that in this league? Right? How many? Slight hiccup on the recording because I'm realizing how tapped out my computer uh, storage is. But so that kind of is a sign that we're going to have to wrap this up as much as I want to keep going. I was in the middle of a Jokic love fest. I know that. Um, and I was just saying that you cannot game plan for this guy. And uh, that is that. that's it. That's it. That's it for Jokic. Um, am I in the West yet? I don't know if I'm even in the West yet. I cannot take as much time for the West as I did for the East. I'm simply giving the all-star starters, but I am so entangled in this stuff that I have to give the longest spiel on all of these guys. Um, so let's go out West if we haven't already. Jokic, uh, obviously, you know, he's lining up at center. One of those three front court positions. Um, give me LeBron. If you do not have LeBron starting in the all-star game, Click off. I don't care. Don't tell me about this guy or that guy. LeBron is playing incredibly. LeBron is fabulous to watch. Year 20. He Look, something you're going to learn right now. LeBron is the greatest player of all time, in my humble opinion. Not going to change. Okay, not going to change. Um, we can have discussions about it, but um, to me, that's, that's a GOAT, okay? And to me, it's not particularly close, but each their own. I'll have the debate. Um, LeBron's playing an incredible level, dude. He's on the the hunt for thir- to be the all-time leading scorer. The All-Star game, if you want to debate it for maybe all NBA purposes, you got, there is some something to this. It's not necessarily just the five best guys, although LeBron is one of the five best guys in the West. Damn, believe that. Okay, if you are writing him off as not one of the five best guys in the West, check something out, dude. Um, Get checked into a a mental hospital, dude. Um, LeBron is nuts. He is taking one of those spots. I don't care what. And he's the leading vote getter, rightfully so. He probably will be until the day he actually calls it quits. Um, Love him, hate him. He gets the votes. Obviously, he's still easily... The most popular guy in the league by far. Um, I got one more front court spot in the West. I got Jokic, I got LeBron, and give me Zion. The case against Zion, starting to miss some games. I know, I know. When he's playing, he's absolutely nuts. The Pelicans' success this year, you can obviously only attest Well, not only attest it. I'm getting a little ahead. I'm getting a little, a little high on the Zion train. Um, but Zion, man, Zion needs to be in this game. This game, it needs to start. Zion is so incredible, so impressive. Um, when he plays, and he, look, I was razzing Zion for the first, I mean, is he in year three? We're in year three? We're in year four with Zion? Man, we're in year four with Zion. And I've been razzing him for the first three years about, I don't think this dude is serious. I don't think he wants to play. And look at him now. He looks fantastic. 
He is finally looks like a basketball player, dude. He looked like a, he wanted to play defensive end for the Pats for so long, dude. Or for the Saints, I guess, more relevant. However, another knock on Zion I used to have is that I was dead convinced he did not want to play at New Orleans. Um, I did not think he was coming back this year. I thought something was going to happen, demand a trade, whatever. Props to him. New Orleans is balling. Zion is the main component of that, although they do have a very nice team. That's a team I'm looking at. We're going to do a trade deadline episode. That's a team to keep an eye on. Not saying they're going to do something major, but that's a team that could look to upgrade um, a couple of spots uh, and try to, you know, this is, to me, the West is open. To me, the West is open, although Denver's playing incredible, um, and I think it's theirs to lose. West is more open than it's been, I'll say that. More open than it's been in the past. You know, there are teams with vulnerabilities, namely the Warriors have real vulnerabilities. My front court is Zion, LeBron, and Jokic. My back court, once again, um, there's an absolute lock here. It's Luka Doncic. I love Luka. I love Luka, but I'm very I can be very critical of Luka. Um not so much critical, but I am uh, in a world where Luca has no detractors. I just sometimes want to point out that he is not perfect. Okay. You know, he is not perfect. He is incredible. He is not perfect. So there's, there is a little bit of a golden boy narrative on Luca and rightfully so he is incredible. Um, one of the best one-on-one guys in this league. One of the, maybe the top guy in the league that you say, you need a bucket, go to Luca. You know, um, he's right there, if not the number one guy. Uh, his ability to carry an offense is special. Um, so like I said, I love Luca. I, went, I made it a point to go to Dallas his rookie year, see him play. You know, he's special. I was high on him in the draft. Um, when others were thinking maybe he was, a, you know, going to be a bust or too slow or not going to fit in with the NBA pace. And, you know, they're... There was maybe some validity to those concerns, but I mean, Luca was playing against grown men since he was, you know, fourteen or fifteen years old, um, and obviously he's figured it out. He he plays the game at his own pace, something you only really see older guys come into. But man, he is—he looks like a fifteen-year vet, and he's been doing this um, for since twenty. Oh man, the drafts, man. He's been doing this for four years. He's been doing this for four years. And he's incredible. And that spot is his. The second backcourt spot, we can talk about it. There's a discussion. To me, give me Shea Gilders Alexander. Give me SGA. OKC is not. Look, OKC has some discussions to have, have some real discussions on their plate as they approach the trade deadline. Look. I don't think that's a team that should go and try and buy and gear up and try to make the play in. I think it's a team that's got one more tank here in them. This being it. Um, I don't agree with shutting down SGA. He doesn't agree with it. I'm sure. I don't want to see that. Um, if he continues to play and Giddy is playing great, man, that team has real young, real good pieces. Um, so I would not intentionally sit guys or try to, you know, start bombs and like I don't think they're a realistic shot for Wembenyana as they currently stand. 
they may try to become that. Um, who knows? They have not been shy from sitting SGA. I wouldn't, if you know, it wouldn't stun me if they tried to pull that again. Um, something to keep an eye on. But OKC is playing really good basketball for what we thought of them or what we thought they were going to be. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, they got good young, play, good young players. Giddy's been on a huge tear. Um, but really, it, it's a testament to Shea Gilgis Alexander. He is so special, averaging over 30 a game, plays great, um, like a classic, a classic point guard who just, um, well, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm focusing too much on the, the hyper details here. Like, um, is he really a point guard? Giddy kind of runs, it doesn't matter. For what SGA is, the relentless attack on the basket, the finishing. Um, that guy goes to the basket with insane force. And uh, he is 6'7", but he's still, you know, he's he's got that small, he's, a, he's got a more frail uh, build, but he's strong. He's got sneaky strength. He's one of my favorite players to watch for it. Um, he's not a guy you're standing in front of. He's getting past you. He's extremely shifty he's so fun to watch big time scorer uh i've got him starting next to luca you could have the debate for some other guys i'm not not entertaining a name conversation steph is probably going to end up with enough games to be there um i guess steph ultimately gets the start probably i'm just giving you mine steph probably gets it um, if he's healthy because he's Steph Curry um, not like Steph's not playing incredibly he is but I just want to reward this SGA season I think he's been remarkable um, I'm not going to nitpick it mo much more than that um, so to recap on this last day of all-star voting and I hope the game this year is entertaining. I hope guys show up to play. I know what I, I know what I'm saying doesn't ring it isn't going to ring out. It's going to be like every All Star game, whatever. Um, but out west, LeBron, Luca, Jokic, SGA, Zion, East, Tatum, Brown, Harden, Embiid. I really shouldn't say Harden. It's it's Mitchell. But I'm gonna say Harden. Uh, Embiid and uh, Durant. Okay, I'm never going to learn my lesson. I've been cut off by not enough storage about four times now. I don't know what is going on. I think I'm probably recording in like 4K, so I need to cut that out. But anyways, um, I'm going to get cut off again. This was so much fun. I'll make another one of these soon. Thanks. Bye.